up, everybody? Welcome to the first ever episode of PogRx. If you are not familiar with medical lingo, you're in the right place. That stands for player of the game prescription because this is the only show on the entire interwebs that is gonna make you a better video gamer every single episode. I am guaranteeing you, you're gonna walk away from here with skills that can help you improve your gameplay every single episode we hit you with. My name is GamerDoc, aptly named because I am a medical doctor who treats esports athletes. I work with professional level gamers on ways that they can game healthier and better. That being said, just because I'm a doctor does not mean this is medical advice. These are my opinions and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. That's for the lawyers at home. You know, everyone wants to be the player of the game. Everyone wants to be the best. It doesn't matter if you're casual playing at two in the morning with your college buddies, or if you're on your collegiate esports team, or you're grinding for that number one pro position, you want to be the best. So how do you be the best? As video gamers, we say, okay, I want to be better at league, so I'm going to solo queue for 12 hours. The, the smart ones might say, eh, I'll do some aim trainer. If you're Fortnite, you're working on your builds, right? Those are ways you can get better. But in actuality, there are thousands and thousands of variables that you can touch on today to make you better at gaming. Variables that your competitors, those people who want the same spot as you, are not working on. And so if you focus on them right now, you're going to put yourself ahead of your competition, right? Science makes better athletes. We know this. Science creates better athletes. If you don't know this, you're in luck. This is a podcast. I'm going to tell you about it. Let's talk about Gatorade. In 1965, University of Florida head coach had a problem, right? His players are playing in the Florida heat. It's football. They're covered in pads. They're sweating. They're passing out. They can't train the way they need to. So what does he do? He walks over to the med school and he says, give me something better than water. Give me something better than water. Spoiler alert, it wasn't beer. The scientists there mixed together citric acid with some electrolytes and they came up with now known as Gatorade. The team went on to win the Citrus Bowl that year and they accredited it to their one thing. That one thing, Gatorade, right? Why is that? Gatorade replaces your fluids better than water because it has the salt content of your blood, right? And scientists figured that out and now people rely on Gatorade to not pass out in the terrible Floridian heat. One more example in case you still don't believe me, because some people don't like Gatorade. The orange flavor is the best. High altitude training, all right? We're gonna go back to that same time, right? 1960 Summer Olympics. Some dude came out of nowhere, set a new world record for the marathon. That's not remarkable. Every year the marathon times get a little bit faster. What was remarkable is that he set this record completely barefoot. Have you ever walked outside barefoot? on hot pavement barefoot? How about running 26 miles barefoot? How is it possible that he did that? Well, it really didn't have a lot to do with him being barefoot, but it did have a lot to do with the fact that he was from Ethiopia. People from Ethiopia live at a higher altitude. At a higher altitude, your blood adapts to the lower levels of oxygen in the air by binding oxygen more tightly in your blood. It allows you to have more oxygen in your blood. What does this mean? You can run faster, you can run longer, and you're better at running, better at long distance running, right? So scientists found that out and discovered that after this guy ran 26 miles barefoot, and now anyone who's anyone in long distance running 
knows that you train high, live low. High altitude training comes from science, right? The fact of the matter is thousands of these variables exist for esports, things that you can touch on every single day, every single day. If you want to be the best, you have to train like the best. High performers touch all variables. So over the next 10 episodes, what we're going to do is give you one skill set to work on every single week that you can improve to make you better, right? We're going to talk about exercise and fitness. We're going to talk about nutrition, sleep, eye health, ergonomics, mental health, how to deal with travel, jet lag, competitions. These are all things that we're going to touch on over the next 10 weeks. High performers touch all variables, all variables. And today's guest is one of the highest performers of all time, right? One of the highest performers of all time. But before we get to that, here is your first prescription of the show. Take it away, pre-recorded me. Thanks, future me. All right, so for this first prescription, what we're going to do is one of my favorite stretches for both PC and console gamers. This is called a wrist extensor stretch. What you're going to do is you're going to hold your hand out straight in front of you, and you're going to make a fist. Keep that fist. A really common mistake I see is people let their hands slip. That stretches different muscles than the ones we're trying to target. Arms straight in front of you, make a fist. With the other hand, reach up and around, cup the fist, and pull gently down, flexing just the wrist. You're going to feel a stretch in the hand, moving into the top of the forearm. Those are your wrist extensors. I want you to hold that for like a minute or until you get super bored, whatever comes first. And really important, you want to make sure you do that other side. You're definitely going to feel a difference because one side is going to be worse than the other. This is a really good stretch to do after you're gaming. It's going to help you recover quicker and it's going to prevent injuries down the road. All right, back to you. That's it. Your first prescription of the show. Like I said, not a real prescription because this is not medical advice. Once again, a shout out to my lawyers. What we've all been waiting for, certainly what I've been waiting for, because this dude was the bane of my existence for 10 years, right? I'm a Detroit Lions fan, nothing but respect, because this guy is one of the greatest running backs of all time. Spent 12 seasons in the NFL, four Pro Bowl selections, holds the franchise record for rushing yards for the Green Bay Packers, currently the head esports coach at Lakeland University. Please welcome to the show, Amon Green. Aman, thank you. Thank you so much for being on this show. You know, I'm not saying this to make you feel good, but you're an extremely talented individual. Um, you know, what you did at Green Bay, what you did before that at Nebraska, you're, you're a god. Um, and that doesn't really start you know, and stop at traditional sports. You've transitioned over to head coaching esports at Lakeland University, which is what brings you to this show. Um, what does a head coach of esports do? Oh, man, we do a lot. Uh, and I love it. It's something that is it's definitely work. It is not for the faint of heart um, because you got to do things from like for me last year, I basically did everything from scratch. I was starting a program. Uh, the only good thing is that there was an esports club that was already on campus for the past couple of years here at Lakeland. And so I had about 15 kids I could recruit right there and talk to them and like, hey, are y'all ready? Y'all been doing this esports club meeting once a month now for two years or a year and a half. Now are you ready to now take it to the next level? Or now you ready for practices, game review. We're gonna work out physically together as a team, including work out the game together as a team. And they're like, work out, you mean in the weight room? I'm like, yeah, in the weight room. 
we're gonna get in there. I'm not gonna I'll say, look, I'm not building football players. I know that. I'm building gamers. I'm building people that are gonna sit down most of the day and mouse a keyboard or controller. So that means I wanna make out you know, work out your you still gotta work your body out. Mm-hmm. So I explain that. You know, working out their core, you know, stretching, you know, making sure your low to mid back stays stays loose, working out the shoulders, the forearms and your fingers and hand to avoid carpal tunnel and things of that nature. And then um just the fitness side of it, getting your cardio, your heart rate up, you know, hand and eye coordination. So just I explained all that and they were like, Oh, okay. I was like, Yeah, I'm not gonna kill y'all in there, you know, but you're gonna sweat. I say you're gonna sweat. So um, so that part was just, you know, talking it out with them. And that's what something I learned, you know, when I was uh, getting my certification for leadership is just like, you just got to tell, you know, your whoever's following, you know, the students, your players, your coaches, you know, tell them straight up. Don't don't beat around the bush. Um, that's something and that's something I learned from my mom and dad. You know, my parents and my family is like, tell me exactly what I need to do. Um, so I need so I can learn and do the right thing and uh, make sure I'm right on point. So I, that's what I told him. I told him exactly what I knew. I look, I, I don't know a lot about this game, but I know about team dynamics. But also I want you to start learning that not only do you need to be, you know, a great esports player by playing the game at the top in knowing the mechanics, knowing the strategy, but then physically, I want to make sure you understand how to take care of your body while you're being a gamer, because that's part of it. Um, I know several pro gamers. I know several team organizations that they have a coach, they have a nutritionist, they go to the chiropractor, they go get massages, you know, weekly. So this some some of that stuff we won't be able to do obviously at the college level, but some of it we can. Yeah. We can work out. Um, we have a weight room, we have a gym, we have this campus. We could jog around, we could walk, do what team walks together, which we did last summer, um, and teach them that the whole full spectrum of being a professional um, because for me, you know, being a professional athlete is not much different. I mean, because we, you know, nutrition, getting sleep, making sure everything is aligned. And then obviously knowing our game, knowing our sport from the mechanics to the strategy to, you know, why I'm, I gotta be a teammate, you know, like this for my team, my other teammate have each other's back and how we communicate in practice or in game or in meetings and how that makes it all easier once we get to game time. So as a coach, you're doing all those things. You have, you know, many hats on. And so um, sometimes you're a counselor, you know, talking kids through coming out of a bad day of class or a bad day at work, um, you know, being at the college level because I'm a college coach. So I had to, you know, I had to deal with that, but I was ready for it. You know, mm-hmm. I was all excited, you know, to have my first conversation when one of my players came in and um, they had a bad day at work. And I had to be like, you know, for me, it's talk, hearing them talk and get out of it, get it out of their system. Then also me saying at the end, you know, I, I listen, I got everything down. Just take a break. Don't you don't have to go to practice today or you could take 10, 20, take as long as you want before you get into practice. You don't have to jump into practice because you have so much going on. And obviously we know part of everybody's uh, day last year, you know, for 2020, it was uh, it was interesting <laughs> yeah, the whole year. Um, so, yeah, it's just it's, that's I say that's the job, you know, and then teaching the athlete more things that you would thought they would have known, you know, like taking a loss, you know, this is what we were talking about before you went live. And I said, that was my biggest conversation all the time because a lot of my players, you would have thought, I mean, I, I saw deer, they had the deer in the headlights look when they, when they take a, when they were losing in the regular season or even our scrimmages, they will lose a game and they just don't know what to say. 
if it was not to say anything to hurt somebody's feelings or things like that, I was like, well, we got to talk because there's a lot of what went wrong in the game that we could talk about. Yeah. Um, And we lost. So why did we lose? You know, and then we get into the strategy side or, the you know, if you didn't know the buttons or if you didn't have your key bindings right and things of that nature, it's like that stuff, you know, the mechanics you got to have right before kickoff. Basically, when that game starts, you cannot be figuring out, okay, the X button does this, the S button does this, the DW, you know, you got to have that already set so that you're not thinking about that. And the only thing then you got to adjust to is the game management, you know, talking, doing the call outs amongst your teammates. And then another big thing was defining those call outs, you know, all right, top middle, what's that mean? You know, bottom right, what does that mean? Um, you know, blue guy or, you know, uh, Winston who say something, you know, describing who, who and where is attacking you. You know, that's an Overwatch reference right there. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty. You know, I like to say the room. I like, I'll tell you, you say the location and you say how many people that are there, you know, on you. You know, I'm in the engine room. There are two women. One is one shot. Or one is low. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom, and a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. With energy or whatever, his health bar. Let's let them, you know, you, you get that verbiage out, then our team, your teammates can then come help you out and yeah. get the win and not get the loss in that situation. So, yeah, manager, or I say head coach job is is one of many. <laughs> you got a lot of hats to wear. And exactly. I love everything you said because, you know, what I always say is gaming is a hobby and esports is a career. Esports is a profession. And I work with, you know, I'm a medical doctor. I work with traditional athletes. I work with esports athletes. And all that stuff that you just said, like VOD review, communication, 
equipment management, specific skills, all that stuff you learned because, you know, you probably played football when you were four years old, your whole entire life. And you interacted with hundreds of coaches and trainers and medical doctors, and you gained those skills over time. But in esports, we don't have that path to pro like they do in traditional sports. So you might be the first person in their life who's like, hey, you need to warm up before you go out there. And they're like, what are you talking about? Was it hard for you to get buy-in in the beginning from these from these players, or, or did they just kind of listen? Uh, majority, no. It was easy to get the buy-in for the majority. There were one or two that wanted to uh, stray, you know, go astray, you know, out of the herd. Uh, but I was able to reel them back in just to really sit them down and I say, look, hit me with a question. What you know? Why you don't think you don't be? We don't need to be in the weight room. You know why? Why? Why is that? Or why you don't think we need to warm up? Um, and it was other little things I threw in. I remember with my uh, rocket team players, yeah, two players that had been basically playing together since their freshman year of high school. And now they were fresh, they were seniors. And so they never had a coach. And so for them, this is a new world, not only playing competitive college, but then now having somebody like myself saying, okay, practice starts now. Now you're going to warm up for 15, 20 minutes, and then you're going to distance that and the other. So the good part was they already had, they actually had a routine. They had a warm up routine that was between 20 and 40 minutes. I said, okay, then I don't need to tell you anything, you know, in terms of the warm up, um, that aspect. Um, but then later on, I gave my actual physical warm up for their wrists and hands. And some did, some didn't. Um, but I remember one getting in a, uh, like a, I say a team activity in the, in Rocket League was, I was doing my homework and I found and it's, I kind of related to football. Like so in football, we had a drill called nine on seven. So it was basically skeleton. So dumb down the defense and you run the ball and you only have, um, I think you only have seven. Def- That's the reason why it's called nine on seven, because you only have seven defenders and nine offensive players. But the seven defenders know that you're running the ball. There's no pass plays. So that's why there's no four defensive backs. Do you minus the four defensive backs? So now you have seven players. So then the players know you're running the ball left, right, or up the middle. So how I was going to re- how I related that to Rocket League was okay, let's dumb it down because it's three on three, it's trios. So let's practice in our warm up. After y'all do y'all individual warm up, let's do a team warm up where y'all play one on one. It's just one v one in Rocket League and then two v two because eventually it'll be a lot easier if you get used to playing one one you know rocket league one-on-one you'll really be comfortable when it's three-on-three because you know where to rotate after a shot or when you're defending in one-on-one you're pretty much the whole team itself so if you miss that defense that defensive move where you go for the ball and you miss it then that's mostly offensive point for the other player so let's just get in that mindset because then you know where to go you know where to react and then you also you 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 start to build up that tolerance of losing a lot better. When, you know, when you build up that tolerance of losing, losing means nothing to you mm-hmm. other than I got to get better. Okay. What did I do wrong first? That's the things that where you get out of losing that I learned throughout my entire career of football and baseball and basketball that I was never once questioning my coach or my teammates. I was like, all right, what did I do? What did I do wrong in that mistake? And so that was the biggest thing I say eye opening for all the players that they have to learn how to tolerate losing to where it's not a bad thing. It's actually making you better. And then once they got that part, then a lot of them got better in terms of practice and playing the games throughout the season. Yeah. 
there's so many hurdles to overcome in terms of the mentality and the physicality of esports, and it, it's wild. I mean, these kids are so lucky to have you because not only do you have that game knowledge that you can transfer over, but you know you have all the other aspects of training. Um, and I love that you're talking about warming up because that's one of the things that I really, I really harp on is physically warming up. It not you know not only is it going to make you play better, it's going to make your nerves go faster, it's going to make your hands move quicker, but it's going to prevent injuries down the road. So, um, you know, I got, I got, I got, I got to know. So you showed up to a game, you know, it was probably 12 PM. Your time was kickoff time. Most of the time, um, most esports players, right. If, if their games at 12, they're showing up at 11, 11, 15, running a couple matches and then, and then starting, that would be absurd if you did that. So what was your typical warm up? you know, when you were playing football prior to stepping on the field? Uh, so I was usually 12 o'clock kickoff. I was at the stadium at 9 o'clock. So I was there three hours before kickoff. Um, and I actually, I just had a, a, a like a meet and greet, and I just told this story. So I would come into the stadium, uh, go to my locker, drop off my bag or whatever I had carrying with me, and I'll start getting in my athletic gear. I'll just put on my, my tights, and then uh, I would uh, grab – I'll go get my ankles tape, go mm-hmm. in the training room, get my ankles tape. And by the time I got, I said, by Green Bay, and my second year in Green Bay, um, one of my trainers who I mostly, I mostly taped my ankles, his name was, we call it, his nickname was Fleet, like Flea from uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh-huh. He kind of looked like him. He had blonde hair like Fleet. And uh, so he taped my ankles. And then we both, you know, I, he found out eventually I was a Batman fan. And so, and then we shared, we both were Walter Payton fans. And so every time he taped my job, tell him to do my job, take job with my ankles, he printed out a Batman symbol and the kangaroo that Walter Payton wore on his uh, on his ponies, on his football shoes. And so he put that on my tape job on both sides of my ankle. Um, so I made sure that that happened first, get my ankles taped with the stickers. And then basically I would, I would, I ate breakfast or lunch or dinner now, I would go use the bathroom and uh, age through the program. Very important. You know, and but I'm listening. I got my tunes on. I got my headset on. I'm usually like, at that time, 2001, 2002, 2003 was between like old Biggie, old P- Tupac, and then about 03 was when 50 Cent came on the scene. And so I had get Richard Die trying just on loop, all day, all night, you know, before a game, and then, and then so headsets going, tape job, finally get back to my locker, and that's when I would slowly start. You know, I take my own wrist. And, and in my head, like the night before, that's when we did all the uh, our team meetings. And so really the day of, it would have been, you know, I might glance at my playbook, but that's because by this time, if I don't know the plays or the strategy of the not game, I'm it. yeah, exactly. So that's in my head already, because I've studied it. I, we, we, te- we took our running backs test and I passed, you know, I made sure, you know, and I passed it there. So really game day is just focusing getting that part of my game that's more instinctual in line and ready to go. Because before I was a pro athlete, college athlete, um, little I was a little league player, and it was more off an instinct. You know, I just I played and had fun, but then some things that I would do just came because I, I was just reacting to the player in front of me. So I was just making sure I got that part of my game, like kind of tuned in. And the headsets, all that was kind of like grounded me before kickoff because you know, nerves, some games came, you know, came a little bit more. I had more anxiety, more nervousness going on than other games. Cause Lions. Lions get Bears week or playoff uh, implications if we win, stuff like that. Or, you know, college was we got to win the conference to get to the big, the big, chill, 
Big 12 championship to the national title. So it was the, you know, game by game, it, it was more importance on the game. So it brought in a little bit more nervousness and anxiety. But then at the end of the day, it was like, look, I would tell myself, I would, especially in Green Bay and Seattle, once I got to the pros, I say, all right, let's put my, I'm, mentally, I want to be at that time in my life of playing sports where I had fun as a kid. So when I walked on, I don't care if it's Lambo, Soldier, uh, FedEx Stadium, I was playing in Los Angeles on the, the strip of grass in the middle of the street with all my buddies. Or I was playing baseball at the diamond I played in Rancho Park in Los Angeles. I was a kid, I was happy. That's where my mind was. But then, but my body, obviously, at the moment, I'm walking on the field. We're about to play the Lions on Monday night kickoff or Monday night, uh, Monday night football. And millions of people are watching. All that is like zoned out. I'm not even thinking about that. I'm thinking about the plays that are being going to get called in the huddle. And then once I get the ball, what I'm going to do, or if I don't have the ball, what I'm going to do, what I got to, you know, pick up the blitz. Then after, I, if no blitz is coming, I got to get to my route. I'm just taking it step by step so I don't get like overwhelmed. Like, oh my God, this is ESPN. This is CBS, you know. No, it's here. It's Brett calling the play. You know, I'm looking at my alignment where they getting their block. So then I'm not, you know, this totally blindsided by the, 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 the weight of everything around me. So I could focus just on my game and, as I got older, it got easier to do, and it became better and better um, to prepare for a kickoff. And I also think, you know, you're talking about this extravagant, this long warm-up, this three-hour warm-up, and the music and the things you're listening to. All of that helps your brain, right? Our brains are so dumb sometimes, and you're telling your brain, hey, we're going to play soon. This is this is my pregame workout, and we're going to play soon. You need to start getting ready. And I think that is what you know allows you to hone in and find that flow state where all that other stuff doesn't matter. And that's why in, in video gaming, that's also so important, having a routine, having a playlist, having a warm-up. It's not just about injury prevention. It's about allowing you to find that state where you are just having fun and you're not thinking about how many people are watching. Is this team going to beat me? What if they go up mid lane? Blah, 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 blah. You know, so w when you're talking to your players, do you recommend, you know, a, a pregame routine? And if so, like, what do you normally recommend? Um, yeah, I do. I, I said, hey, if uh, I tell them, I've told them that story, what I just told you yeah. a couple of times. I said that, but I, I tell them that worked for me. Yeah. So find something that works for you. What Get your mindset where you feel that you're at your best, but you got to find, you got to do that journey. You know, I can't, I got, I'll suggest to you what I did. I listened to 50 Cent. I, I put King, I put stickers on my tape job, you know, whatever that is, find your area that gets you comfortable before the game, because your teammates are going to need you. You know, we're all going to need you once you're in that game. And if you don't find that, that place where you're comfortable, or you don't feel like you're having fun and playing well, you're gonna seem lost, you're gonna feel nervous, you're gonna feel all this anxiety, all this weight pressing down on you, and then you're not gonna be the player that we've seen you do like in practice and in scrimmages, or why I recruited you here. You know, we don't we won't see that player because your your head is you didn't you didn't you didn't grab your head before it start floating away because of what's going on. All oh, this game is gonna be on Twitch, so and so is gonna be watching, you know. All that you gotta factor that out. It's uh, that's gonna happen, but we need you here. So I just tell them to find. You gotta. I say that's a journey that you gotta do on your own. Um, and I'm here to help. If you got questions, you know about uh, whatever routine, what's a good idea, what good music. I'm like, that's really on you. That's on you. That's your choice. You know, because I'm a hip hop guy. You know, country music not my thing. No, before thank kickoff. you. 
I got country music is for a time when I'm sitting on a boat somewhere. But before a game, I got I got Fifty, I got Biggie, I got Pac, I got J Cole, you know, Kendrick Lamar. That's where I. That's for me though. What's your? If it's music, what is your? Uh, do you got to call your mom? Talk to your mom for a little bit. Do what you know. Find you find it. That's your journey. I'm gonna help you. I'm gonna guide you though. And uh, if I say something as little, if I see something you're doing, like you slapping your teammates, you know, <laughs> like hold up now, can't <laughs> go there. You hey, each their in. own. I don't know. Right. It was like you better just check with your teammate. If your teammates okay with slapping them across the head to get you hyped for a game, then okay, that means y'all working together. Y'all team teamwork, communication. Teamwork. Communication. I love it. Uh, Aman, I feel like I could ask you like 5,000 more questions, but I want to respect your time because I've, it, there's so few people in in the industry who have the, you know, have the background of knowing all the stuff that matters and then knowing how to apply it to esports. And like, this is what I do all day, every day. And I, and I just, you're like this wealth of knowledge that I am just so into right now. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but so my final question um you know, it, for, for football, collegiate football is the pipeline to the NFL, right? Whether you're there for however many years, it's the pipeline. You made huge waves at Nebraska before being drafted by the Seahawks. Um, however, in like collegiate esports, that's not the case, right? By the time you graduate from college, you're mostly past your esports prime. Um, so in your mind, what are do you think that esports is ever going to assume that pipeline model? Um, and like, wh- what do we need to do to get there? Uh, yes, I believe it will. It's going to take time. Um, we're still at the breaking the ground into mainstream level. But as we know, Lee Sports has been around for a long time, for mm-hmm. 50 years probably, if not longer. But mainstream, now we're getting to that point. Like you said, we got collegiate, we got professional organizations, and a few leagues are doing it. Uh, Overwatch League has the path to pro. Call of Duty League has the path to pro. So it's just getting just like with everybody i say finding out about esports everybody getting on board it's going to be the same effort it's going to be everybody getting on board um at the grassroots level so that means the high school the elementary middle school level is where you start developing kids then because that was the same for me in little league football mm-hmm. i mean you were just a few years off i was six years old when i when I was on an organized football team and so now organizations i know nerd i believe nerd street gamers mm-hmm. they're doing a camp where they have you know, kids learning competition in Minecraft um, and then graduating from Minecraft to Roblox all in the same, but then off to Fortnite or Call of Duty or CSGO. But you got to you got to have a grassroots campaign where the young gamers that zero to five, six years old gamers, they're they're holding something, either a keyboard or mouse or a controller or even a, if it's a, a pad, you know, iPad, mm-hmm. phone, whatever, doing something and then learning how to form play the game. But then that teamwork aspect comes in at that age. Because yep. then when they're four, five, six, seven years old, by the time they hit 10 and 11, they get it. They know why you got to make call outs. They know why they got to practice. It's no me. It's no coaches explaining. This is why you got to warm up physically and mentally. They already know it because it, just like me, by the time for football and baseball and basketball that I grew up playing, when I got to high school, I already knew the routine. I knew it was a warm up jog around the track. Then you stretch out a little bit. Then we yeah. start to practice. Um, and then once I got to college, it was uh, we watch our film from the previous practice, get all the mistakes out, correct them, and then go on to the practice field. Have our physical practice, shower, eat, maybe work out. And then the next day, it repeats. We watch film again, and we go back. So it was just getting that 
that I say planting that seed to grow the grassroots to doing kids. And that's, I say that, and, I, and I'm speaking not only from my own experience, but I'm speaking as a player. I'm mm-hmm. speaking from my own experience as a coach. So last year, what I noticed with my first class of esports players was that they were, I could tell they were getting that. They didn't have esports at the high school level or the middle level, middle school level. So they were, when I would say things, of course, they were like, why we got to work out? Why we got to warm up? Well, I'm not going to do that. You know, it's like, okay. So now the kids that I'm recruiting, that I got 12. Actually, yeah, I got 12 recruits, uh, freshmen coming in, um, 17 total. I have a couple transfers coming in as well. And all of them got it because they played high school varsity esports. So for them, they're asking me questions. What's practice like? Do we warm up? Um, what are, are we only scrimming against other schools? So everything that I had to tell the first generation, the second generation already has. And so, you know, 2022, 23, 24, it's going to progressively get to that point to now when a kid comes into a university he or she or now is going to say you know what i'm here because i'm i want to be a rocket league pro and get better but then also i want to go i want to get drafted on said rocket league team you know in four or five years uh, that's going to be that's going to be a conversation that's going to be real and i can't wait because it just shows the evolution um, of esports and we're there we're getting there now like i said two leagues right now have path to pro there's a ton of Rocket League, as I mentioned, and League of Legends too. Um, pro leagues, pro um, I say, you know, path to pro leagues that are developing, but are not quite mainstream. And then just it's just going to take us as coaches at the college level to let kids know, you know, yeah, yeah it's good to come here because I mean, you mentioned there's there's 16 year olds that are already pros that made millions of dollars. So looking at college, it's like, ah, do I really have to go? Um, but as I, I told all my family that, you know, had the opportunity to go to college and then go pro in, in football, I say, you always got to have a plan B. I'll say at the end of the day, because you're going to find out at a college level, just like I did, that there are players out there that you never cross your path with, but you find out they're really good and they're better than you. Um, so you got to think about, okay, I got other running backs that are faster than me, they're stronger than me, they might be smarter than me on the field, but I know I could do this. But just in case it doesn't work out, I have this degree to fall back on. Mm-hmm. I, I could be a teacher, I could be a coach, I could be a business person. I have this now in the back pocket, so me going pro on Call of Duty doesn't work out. That's okay. Um, if I still want to stream, there's other aspects there, as we know, video, audio, visual, you know, equipment, you can learn how to manage that. But if not, I have my college degree too. To then know I don't find I don't fall flat on my face without nothing to uh, back me up and then me start a career somewhere. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I tell them, look, I know it's easy to go pro in the esports, but also having a college degree it does help you out in the long run. Yeah, that's incredible, and and it's one of the best things that I also tell people too. It, and for those exact reasons, there's nothing I need to say to follow up. Um, Aman, you have been fantastic. This is incredible. We have your Twitter um, below you, so people know where to find you. One last thing before you go, if you're gonna, if you're writing a prescription, one thing for people to do to play better, what is it? One thing. One thing. I would have to say, I've been doing it really. I've been doing it quite a bit since I've been showing my players. Is the, uh, the I do the hand stretches before, and I would say get a nice. It's a place on YouTube. It's esports healthcare. 
and uh, I did a show with him just like this through Discord a couple uh, two years ago now. Nice. And it's a Dr. Corey mm-hmm. on esports healthcare, and he has all the stretches that I do before I start. If I'm playing at home streaming, I do it my own, and I have my players do before. There's a pre warm up stretch and there's a post practice warm up stretch. You know, this is one of the stretches here. Mm-hmm. You know, praying. Um, I think it's the prayer stretch. So yep. I do those before and after. And my and trust me, I, I noticed the difference right away. When I know when I didn't stretch, if I forgot to stretch right away, I forget and I, I pause the game and I stretch out real quick. It takes five minutes, ten minutes total when you add in both the before and after workout stretch. So yeah, do it. So I'll say that. Love it. Aman, thank you so much for being on the show. Is there any other things you want to call people's attention to or places to find you or check out? Oh, yeah, for sure. You can find me. Uh, so you got my social down, um, but also social uh, Aman Green TV here on, on Twitch. And I'm doing two fundraisers now. One is for the Sincere um, 2000 Foundation. It was family who lost their son to a suicide. So now they spread awareness about mental health and suicide prevention. And they did a big back-to-school drive uh, two Saturdays ago. But they have a website, Sincere2000.org. You could go there. You can still donate. You can still help out in any way, shape you can. They're based out of West Palm Beach, Florida. So if you're in the Florida area, you can look them up. You could probably uh, help them out you know, throughout the year. And then the other foundation I'm helping out is Gamers Outreach. And they're, we're building, we're doing a fundraising drive for the go-karts that they build for uh, kids at the children's hospitals that have gaming time for themselves when they're dealing with their chemo or their rehab of their disease or virus that they are dealing with. So we're doing, uh, trying to fundraise for two go-karts, which is around 2,000 apiece. And the two go-karts or more that we get built are going into the Wisconsin Children's Hospitals. So in in, uh, Madison and in Milwaukee area. So that's what I'm going Yeah, that's a Mind Green TV. And I also do a podcast, a Mind Green's Gamers Lounge. We did our 70, we recorded our 70th episode today. So I'm doing a lot. Wow. Like I said, many hats wow. that I've learned to do. Well, thank you for taking time out of that busy schedule and stopping by. It's been an absolute pleasure and have an excellent day. Hey, thank you for having me. You have a great day as well. Ladies and gentle thems, you have heard it here. Your prescription from Mon Green, warm up. Warm up. We're going to cover that in great detail in one of our subsequent episodes. But in the meantime, you can tw- check out some warm ups on my Twitter. You can also check out Esports Healthcare, like Amon recommended. Also, 1HP has some great resources. So does Ezone as well. Amazing resources. It doesn't matter where you're getting it from as long as you're warming up. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. You know, take what you've learned. Take what you've learned from this episode and try it out this week. Try out one of those warm-ups. See what happens. Take your schedule and your training and input one of Amon's recommendations and see if that's going to make you a better player. I think you're going to be very surprised and very happy with what you find. That's it. That has been our first episode of PogRx. I am your host, GamerDoc. Have a happy and a healthy week.